Howdy, everybody. I'm Cisco Naira with Humidity Podcast, the sister of Humidity, Houston's bike courier zine. This was a bike messenger zine that started back in 1998. It ran month to month for tres años. It was about the bike messenger lifestyle and culture. Now we're bringing it to you in audio. We are continuing the conversation a decade and a half later with a new perspective from H-Town to the world. We'll be talking to ex-bike messengers, current bike messengers, and friends of bike messengers. So sit back, take a ride, and enjoy the show. What up, everyone, and welcome to the Humidity Podcast. This is episode number 5050, and today, like I said, all my guests are always special. (laughs) Uh, this one's a blast from the past. I actually met this dude. Fuck, it was probably like 2000, I think. So, you know, uh, during the the world championships in Philly, which was supposed to be in Boston, but it got canceled. And But from, from there, I met this guy. And then we traveled all over Europe. Uh, to CMWCs, ECMCs, NACs, and like I would just see you for years. But ladies and gentlemen, everybody, welcome Andy AZ Zalen. What's up, dude? Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> dude, so like uh, I just felt like you were a prime candidate for, I mean, I've mainly been doing people here in Houston, and they, dude, I still have a shitload of people. How many messengers are in Houston? I mean, you're on episode 50, so you, you can't be just exclusively interviewing Houston couriers. Yeah, mainly it's all been Houston, all Houston. But, like, these are all old messengers from, like, from 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Actually, I got I got a squid on here. I think he was like episode fifteen or sixteen. He I called him up and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Cool. Uh, who else did I get on here? A couple out of mostly everybody's been uh, local, Houston local. You know, I'm trying to learn the craft of you know. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but you know, I'm I'm a communicator. I like to talk and I love to listen to stories. So. Sure. All right, uh, Andy, let's go with this first question. I start off with everybody. When did you become a bicycle messenger? And tell everyone where you're from, though, too. Come on. Right. I'm from D.C. I mean, my 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 uh, my origin story is more complicated than that. You know, I was uh, born to Hungarian parents in Rome. Uh, I moved to Toronto when I was three and then DC when I was, uh, 13. So I rock a couple passports. I still feel in my heart, like a proud Canadian. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely as a, as a cyclist, I'm, uh, happily adapted to a, a more southern climate i don't know how folks in in canada do it i know my bike messenger career would have been a lot shorter uh, uh under canadian uh conditions but um yeah my my career career has been almost exclusively here in dc <clears throat> uh i started in the summer of 1991. Whoa, dude. I was... Uh, Damn, you just hit 30 years then, dude. Well, you know, arguably, I haven't really been on the road in about 10. But uh, 
I mean, I get an occasional delivery in uh, now and then, but uh, I'm managing deliveries. I mean, there was like a little transition period, but uh, I landed uh, at this flower delivery company called Urban Stems. And, uh, you know, I, I delivered for them for about six months. And then I was able, you know, this was it's one of the startup companies. And I was able to, uh, you know, speak with the, the founders, they were still running the company and, and they were great people, but, uh, and they had figured out some, you know, business stuff. They had some savvy, but they didn't know shit about delivery, you know? So anyway, I was able to, uh, convince them to hire me. And, and, uh, since then I've pretty much been managing their, their same day delivery operations. Um, yeah, I see you, uh, from time to time you'll pop up on my feed and uh especially during like valentines or something you guys yeah you know, from what you said dude i can't believe i sur- you say so like, i can't believe i survived today or you know oh, man. pretty crucial Yo, I, honestly well one i really had never had an interest in and still do not really have an interest in flowers um i never was a fan of valentine's day i I think it's kind of like a bullshit Hallmark holiday. Uh, but since I've been working for Urban Stems, I fucking hate Valentine's Day, dude. That is <laughs> the worst. That is the worst. There's so much pressure and stress. And the company, you know, we've grown and learned, uh, but we've definitely made some mistakes. And and uh, Valentine's Day, you know, has been this exercise of of like – there's so much work to do, but, uh, it, we've put ourselves in a position to go like, you know, super crazy and, uh, unrealistically, uh, uh, large volumes that we took on. And, um, well, anyway, it was just really stressful. (laughs) A spike like that, uh, to, to bring staff on. And it's like, you're, you're 50, uh, uh, Craigslist, couriers you're trying to teach them how to do this thing for like one day it it was uh stressful so yeah valentine's day is the big flower holiday and uh yeah you know it is what it is but uh yeah say la vie huh but it it, no it's cool it's cool delivering flowers is cool but uh yeah valentine's day is is mother all right Uh, so you started in 91 dude I mean, yeah, uh, that. that was a long time ago. The, start off with the company, who you work for, drop some names of who, who, who showed you the streets and all that, you know, tell the story, dude. Cause that's a long time, you know, I think. Like, yeah. Uh, I guess before I get into the story of, of how I became a messenger, we were just talking how, uh, you know, it's cool to have this, um, audio, this, this spoken, dialogue and recording this you know as a historical uh document um i'm a photographer i went to school uh for photography i have a degree in photography uh i started messengering while you know i was still in school and uh my point just being that i'm so grateful for all the pictures that i've taken at these events and during my career because honestly I wouldn't remember half of it if uh, if it wasn't, you know, I, I, 
go through these pictures and I'm like, it's a reminder, but certainly sometimes it's, uh, you look back and, and you're like completely, you know, blanking on something until you look at that and like, oh yeah. So, uh, anyhow, so I think it's cool that you're doing this kid, uh, and and thanks for having me. Oh, dude, you're welcome. <clears throat> thanks for coming on. And like I said, there there are times like I remember, like uh, I I threw this, I was throwing this alley cat here called the Winter Solstice in Houston for many years. I did it for twelve years, and I did the tenth anniversary. And dude, I remember Austin Horse flew down here to compete for Red Bull, but it wasn't it wasn't really a race. Uh, it was there was just one checkpoint, and when you got to the checkpoint you had to write a paragraph about the winter solstice and your encounters with the winter solstice. Right. And some people <laughs> were like their first time doing it. Right. So like they didn't know what to say. I was like, well, you got to turn in a full page of paper before you leave this checkpoint. You know what I'm saying? You got to write something about this. Oh my God. So like, there was probably about 30 racers, I remember, but at the they end, know that there would be a, a no, nobody knew assignment. <laughs> no, nobody knew this. Nobody knew this. It was just like for me, you know, doing it for 10 years, Tim and I, you know, he was, and then I've had other people help, but mainly like I wanted to hear from the people, you know what I mean? Kind of like this podcast. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to hear the stories, but at the finish line, I had all these messengers just get white boards and just fill them with pictures, like actual pictures. And we covered the whole fucking bar with pictures. And then right when everyone finished the race, they had to get on stage and read their fucking letters uh-huh. And it was amazing, dude. Like, so I see, like, the way I'm talking about this, like, you've documented all, like, what, at least 30 years of bike messengers from, like, all over the world. You know what I mean? You've made friends, you made ties, you made bonds, and you made stories. But, like you said, if you don't look at those fucking pictures, you're like, what the fuck happened here? Dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, our lifestyle is, uh, you know, fast and fun. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I remember talking to someone about, uh, so it was, this dude was always like high and, and like tripping all the time. And I'm like, dude, what's, what's the point or whatever? Like you, you can't, you're not gonna remember any of this. And he's like, well, as long as I'm having fun right now, that's all that matters. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess he's right. You know, he's just partying 24 seven. Dude. But, Anyhow, um, yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I documented a lot of this, and uh, I'll be looking back on it for for the rest of my life for sure. So, yeah, when you end up getting older and older, and you get dementia or Alzheimer's, you can like pull up a photo <laughs> album and be like, "Oh yeah," and then you'll remember names of like, "God, I remember that." You know, like I, I get it. I have a ton of bike messenger photos myself back when you had to develop the film, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's when I, when I was, you know, I remember taking a Photoshop class in, in college, but it was like the very first uh, iteration. And it was like, uh, just, uh, I think we spent three days uh, in the, in this computer department at this other school. Uh, and it was, it was still like, you could really tell a digital photograph from a regular photograph in a way that was like, uh, you know, I, I'm an artist. I'm not going to fuck with this, but anyhow, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, that just, I think, speaks to, to how old we are. So, yeah, I was in photography for ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade in my senior year. So, like, I mean, dude, I was in the black room all the time. To, so I get it. I know where you're coming from, from the photography. And I love taking pictures, too. Like, my phone, I have almost 20,000 pictures in my phone right now. I was like, dude. And then I just, like, every now and then I just like to go and look at them. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah so i mean uh all right so take it back dude cool. uh, where, where where when did you start do you remember your first company and and drop some names you worked with or who trained you you know if you can remember that you know uh oh everyone has that story when they first start off dude you know and how rookie they were at the time <laughs> yeah sure um so, so like I said, I was, uh, I guess it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of school. Um, I was 19 years old and I'd taken this job at Burrito Brothers, uh, in Georgetown. I, like I'd always been into bikes when I was in little and then in high school, I was, uh, really into BMX and shit. Uh, and then, I got a mountain bike, not really to do mountain biking. It was like a urban mountain bike, whatever. A friend of mine was working at a bike shop. So that was like uh, one of my first like real bikes with gears. Uh, any case, so I'm riding this bike uh, and I'm working at Burrito Brothers. They're doing like trying to do delivery. Uh, and that was kind of a uh, delivering burritos was was kind of uh, un unheard of thing you know you deliver pizza yeah and, and that was about it as far as food chinese food and yeah, and, yeah. and pizza so they were they were a little ahead of the head of the game uh and so i'm working at burrito brothers and there's like not a lot of work to do not a lot of people delivering uh ordering burritos uh they start you know i'm doing this bullshit cleaning chopping tomatoes folding boxes like shit that i really wasn't into uh, and, you know, couriers would come through and, uh, and I, you know, would chat them up a little bit, like, what are you, what's going on? What's, what are you doing? You know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what that job even was. And, uh, this dude, I remember his name was Raphael and, uh, I don't know how it came up. I think they, they just needed help or something. And, uh, we, you know, I'd been crying to him about my shitty burrito job and he was like, look, you know, they're hiring at, uh, I want to say it was advanced courier, but it might've been a plus. The thing is they changed their name, uh, while I was working there. Cause it, they were like jockeying to be at the front of the phone book. Oh uh, yeah. Cause that was a thing like back in the day, no lie. There was like three pages of courier companies in the fucking phone book. That's a and lot. Like, dude. It was nuts. And you, there was a, you know, delivery was a section. Uh, messenger was a section, you know, so, so people were, were in different, uh, you know, you'd pay to be in the phone book. Uh, and, and that was a game that whatever advanced with two A's and then, a plus, I don't know which one 
put some higher, but they switched at some point. So anyway, that was the company name. And, uh, and Raphael got me the job. I went in there and basically, uh, they had like some office, not really downtown, but, uh, you know, close enough. Anyway, hang out there, gave me, a uh, just a beeper, uh, and generally, you know, that was back when there were uh, phone booths and shit. And so, you know, they would they would beep you. There were some codes uh, that you could use to like uh, the, the, the you know they had a handful of big accounts and they'd use the account's address as the code. Yeah. You know, uh, and then there was like nine one one and shit like that. <laughs> um, but. You know, that was just another era. But uh, the thing uh, that was kind of cool, and it, it stuck with me, the the piece of advice that the dude gave me, I don't remember his name, but he was like, look, the the one thing, the, the one constant and predictable thing about uh, messenger life is that it's always unpredictable. Um, and that's really uh i feel like i'm constantly reminded of that you know yeah now even in my experience with the flowers you know you're like looking at the calendar you're like oh it's gonna be busy this day or whatever and then for you know some unpredictable reason shit's just flips you know like uh we're always busy on monday but this week we're gonna be busy on friday like uh yeah so keeps you on your toes it's uh it is an unpredictable job and uh yeah um you never know you know what you I mean? never know never. you never know and that's sort of the beauty of it um you're like ready but, uh, that piece of advice in 91 is held true uh through the through the decades yeah how, okay so how many companies you think you've actually worked for over the decades uh not a lot man to be honest with you that's i was like me. Kind not of, a lot I, I didn't do a lot either. You know, some guys would would jump ship, you know, have a slow week and be like, fuck this and go to another company. I, like I said, back in the day, in the in the 90s, when I started, there were a lot of companies, uh, a lot of couriers on the road, easily like three, four hundred uh, riders. That's and, a lot, dude. I know, man. And, you know. Not everyone would hang out, but you'd see them, and there there were spots like uh, in the parks where people would hang out, and it was a cool kind of community. Often, you wouldn't even know where someone worked. You know, yeah. uh, it was just a courier on the road, didn't work at your company, and you know, you hear like so and so's making money here, so and so's making money there, and so there was a lot of a uh, lot of uh, freelancing like that. But no, I was just kind of stuck with. Uh, with things and, and try to stubbornly make it work or whatever. So, you know, I worked, uh, really just odd, like holidays, uh, and shit like that for the first couple of years while I was in school, uh, it's advanced turned into a plus or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> then I got, you know, I wasn't really making any money there. I got a job. I saw a buddy of mine was like, showed me his paycheck. And he was making like, sometimes over a hundred dollars in a day. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know any better. 
it's like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess 50 bucks is, is, is 50 bucks, you know, and I'm yeah, yeah. 20 years old or whatever. I have no rent or what expenses it seemed. And I guess shit cost, uh, a lot less back in the day, but in any case, uh, went from advanced to national express, which is another small company and worked that for a couple of years and then found my way to quick messenger service, which was one of the big companies in DC. And uh, I rode that for probably seven, eight, nine years. Uh, then, uh, in the late nineties, like 90 after we had the world in DC, uh, I took over my homies company. He started up a little company called clockwork. Mm-hmm. This dude named Matt, little Matt Shalinor, rest in peace, Matt. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Um, he started this company called clockwork, uh, and he'd gotten into an accident or whatever. And so I stepped in to, to kind of run his company which was really just him and a handful of like side people that uh, he would call and shit. So I was basically just running his company, which I did for about uh, two years, three years. And, and Matt had moved to Florida and eventually he was just like, I'm not moving back. And uh, so I just changed the name and created, did alpha male delivery and that was my company that i ran for like another three years um uh which i sold to my other homie uh bega rest in peace bega rest in peace sean bega dude i mean god i, yeah. I actually wanted to talk about that but keep on going dude we'll, we'll see yeah we'll- so i sold alpha male to dc courier to sean uh and that was a nice thing like long story but uh you know, it was an opportunity to 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 boost his company while you know I hadn't been able to grow Alpha Male to the to the level that I wanted it. It was just such a such a hustle and such a like a, a, a seven day a week grind, uh, doing billing and and managing accounts and and couriers and you know I mean at our peak we were just three or four guys, but. Uh, it was still a lot. It was a lot of homework. And uh, yeah, so I just sold Alpha Male to Vega. Um, and then I took on a job at Washington Express, which was the other big company in DC. Uh, I worked there for maybe another seven, eight years. Um, and then, uh, and that was sort of, and that was up to, uh, 2010 and that's sort of when I semi-retired from riding uh I quit Wex and I moved well effectively moved to Guatemala to run to throw the worlds down there uh you know I went down there for three months and then when I came up home after that I packed my shit up and chased this girl down to Atlanta uh, you know, so I was no chaseru. Uh, oh, you know, we've been together for a while, and you know, her she was from that area, and she was moving back there for school, and we were going to give it a go. 
didn't really work out, but it was cool because the the Knacks were there. So I like just moved right. to Atlanta right before the Atlanta Knacks. So that was convenient. Uh, but uh, so I, there was like no courier work in Atlanta. Uh, and I even, I didn't even try to get a job because I felt like bad for trying to step in on the three dudes who were riding. Oh, Opie was out there at the time, right? Oh. You know, I don't know if he was because he Opie. was in Houston for a while, and he was from he was in, Atlanta. He, yeah, and he, I know he went, was in Boston for a yeah, while. Yeah, he went to Boston. He left Houston, went to Boston. I know yeah. he went to Atlanta. I think he was working as a messenger there for a little. Was he down there when you were there, or no? I, I think he was working a bike shop when I was oh, down. Okay. There. okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I didn't make it a year there. I think I. I lasted like eight months or something and yeah. you know, I broke up with my girl and I moved back to DC. Uh, where did, what did I do? I, I worked for best messenger for a hot second. Um, and, and then I, to be honest, I landed in like a weed delivery gig and I fucking delivered weed for a couple years. Uh, and and that was weird but cool you know i didn't know it was like kind of a in between like i you know hey it's full legalization there in dc right it is now it wasn't at the time so it was kind of sketchy i i didn't i'm not a i'm not a very good criminal (laughs) uh i was always uh you know i always had mixed feelings about it but it was you know it got me through a couple of years and then I landed at urban stems. And, uh, and like I said, I, I was riding for them for a minute, you know, they had outsourced, uh, their deliveries. They were just getting started and, uh, they had found, I don't know. Do they ever have zipments in, in Houston? Uh, I, I want to say I saw that logo somewhere. Zipments was a, a company that, uh, basically, you know, was like, uh, you could call it like a national chain of courier companies, but uh, they would set up like uh, uh, branches. You know, they, I know that they were in New York. Uh, no, they didn't they have it here in Houston. In, in Chicago and stuff. But uh, so Urban Stems found Zitmints on the internet. This girl, Heather, who I had known, who was in New York, who was working for Zitmints, managing there reached out to me and essentially we set up a, a branch of Zipments in uh, uh, DC that I ran and I put a team together. Uh, and then from there, uh, like I said, I talked to the founders one night, you know, I, we all went out to a bar and had some drinks and I just told them, you know, my ideas about, making couriers w2 employees and paying them by the hour and uh how you know there's a whole segment of 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 uh people who uh are professionals and uh, have chosen this as a profession and we need to target those people who you know um and, and attract them with with you know while it sounds outrageous but really just the basic uh, things that an employee, you know, a worker deserves, you know, like a, 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 a reliable hourly income, uh, 
benefits, you know, time off, that kind of shit. Yeah. So, so they were into it. You know, I think maybe also a little bit desperate, uh, not that their company was falling apart, but they needed to grow and, you know, they needed, I was either that or outsourcing it altogether and, and using some other courier company. They, they tried a lot of stuff and that, you know, maybe played in my favor is that, uh, they weren't, they were having trouble, um, getting the delivery end of things squared away. So, uh, I stepped in, we took it over eventually, uh, we did, you know, bring in our own team of riders. We have, like I said, everyone's a W-2 employee, uh, which, you know, I guess it's not for everyone, but uh, I think it, for anyone who has any sort of uh, longer-term interest or, or, or whatever or interested in uh, – proper employment uh it's nice uh to be able to uh like i feel good about how we do things you know um i've always felt like i mean i don't know how it is in houston but uh i feel like the courier gig is such a racket uh this independent contractor thing uh and and how like the the gray area these companies tippy toe in to avoid paying, you know, social security tax or any sort of benefits or, or take any liability for the people that they bring on, you know, like, uh, so, um, it's been nice to be able to set something up in a way that, uh, I would have wanted to work when I was a courier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. Actually. I mean, we, we started this whole movement here in Houston and like, we try to do that somewhat, uh, Texas is not a union state, but there are some unions here in Texas. But I remember a bunch of ministers tried to. I'm sure everyone did all over the states, like some type of. We tried to unionize. I had like connections, like in the like my homie's uh, dad, one of my best friends. His dad worked for I forget the name of the the union. The IWW. Ones. Huh? And uh, and uh, we sat down and talked and and. Uh, Law, you know, in the end, it's funny. I don't, I, I don't want this to sound wrong, but uh, Bega came in and uh, started being Bega. If anyone knows Bega, then they'll know what that means. And uh, the 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 union guy came to Eamon, you know, his son, who that's that was the connection. Like his dad was uh, the bigwig at uh, I think CDIA. I forget which union, whatever, La Una. There's a there's a handful. Anyway, the point is, it's like, who is this guy? Because Vega <laughs> came in all hot, like industry standards and courier rights and this and that. And they were just like, what? Like, who is this guy? And uh, they really cooled off on us uh, after that. But the truth is, it's like, it's it's virtually impossible uh, to unionize independent contractors, especially the kind that you know uh, that uh, that love the uh, party bike couriers. You know, so yeah, we tried pretty hard for at least a year, and you know, we had a couple people kind of like Vega, and uh, yeah, we were all like, "Who the fuck?" and like, "How?" You know, like yeah, it. it we try to pay dues and, you know, get an attorney behind our backs. And I think we even fucked with the IWW and 
I mean, it was coming along, but man, as couriers here in Houston, like we all have some type of addiction or problem or something. A lot of people are doing this job because they want to be off the radar, because they don't want to pay taxes. They don't want to be a W-2 employee, you know? So I can dig it. Uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I gave it a shot. You know, I wasn't the spokesman or anything, but I was. I had the back of the guys that were trying to really make it, you know, what it was and you know it's weird though too because i mean yeah you want a uh a fair and, and just uh workplace but you know i'll be honest i i don't know what's up with unions unions are weird to me like uh i've seen i've seen you know i've heard some stories off a, off a documentary <laughs> and shit. you know what i'm saying like yeah. unions are almost like a dirty word and, and yeah i'm not trying to like uh put the industry out of business or either right like that's a big thing you know people worried about like we go union and it's like, i'm gonna lose my job because they can't stay in business or whatever you know yeah. it yeah. just seems like it seems like a racket you know yeah. like i guess it's one of those things if you can't beat them join them yeah but unions are I, and to be fair i don't fully understand how they work you know uh and it just seems kind of shady. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get it. But wow. So yeah, I guess um, man, I mean, I guess and I'll I'll drink to to Bega, Sean Bega, rest in peace. Uh I actually wanted to do an episode with him before he passed because uh he actually was a big help with the knack here in Houston. I don't know if you know that. I'm sure you knew that. Well, yeah, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to that one. I, f I don't remember where I was or what was going on, but uh, yeah, I, I know that he was uh, he was into. He was a big part. I had to, you know, he actually, you know, coached me through some stuff. You know, there, you know, Vegas, Vega. You know, <laughs> he was actually very Vega. No. <laughs> you know, you know how I describe Sean? He's a literal. He's the definition of a genius. You're right, dude. If you if you think like he was just so in, like on certain levels, there are certain things like he had a a, a mind for. You know, like he had a mind for math. He had a mind for like problem solving. Oh yeah, dude. You no, know, he could remember like ridiculous amount of stuff. I wouldn't say he has a photogenic memory, but he had like he had crazy recall, uh, especially considering what a fucking chimney stack stoner he was but uh on the other hand you know i don't think he he didn't socialize yeah he didn't I play can't... well with others sometimes but to be fair i think that's part of what i respected about sean is that he didn't give a shit about yeah, he did it. cool or trying to impress you or trying to say the right thing or trying to make someone comfortable for the sake of making them comfortable he would just fucking say whatever he wanted to say, whatever was on his mind. Oh, dude, I know. I mean, I uh, kinda... and I rubbed some people the wrong way, and I I understand why. But uh, he was the most like true to himself person. He was, he was authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like he said what he and I I admire people like that. Like people who actually it's rare. Like even me, right. you know, I try to be myself, but I can't help but not want to be you know uh liked or at least not 
not disliked, you know, I want to go with the flow and, and not rock the boat, but like he would just, you know, to you know, people who didn't know him would just be like, who, who is this guy? Yeah, what is, exactly. Where is like when you were from? saying that about the, the union and that he showed up, I told, like, I imagine I was there when you were telling me that story. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. 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 I had a lot of encounters, you know, just from, I met him just from going to championships. And then, you know, when I put the bid in for Houston, because we were trying to throw the worlds back in 2002 and we didn't quite make it. We, we ended up getting the knack instead, which was amazing though. And, uh, Vegas from a, from a, from a standpoint of, of, of like the work that you put in, it's basically the same, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, getting the, the, the course and, and figuring out the race, it's pretty much the same. Uh, albeit, uh, yeah, the knack generally the smaller, uh, yeah, field. Actually, you're organizing all the same shit. It's, it was the same shit, dude. I mean, everything that I did or that we did to throw the knack, I mean, I would have gone with the same playbook. Actually, do you remember there used to be a playbook on how to throw the worlds? There, I mean, it's I still, still have mine. Stuff, right? I still have mine. John Kenda gave me one. He goes, you're going to need this. <laughs> no, that's where we, we as, a, as a, a community or whatever, that's where we need to get our shit together and figure it out, you know, like a, the the playbook needs to be uh, updated. Yeah, for sure. It could be shared. Like it's crazy in this world of all this. Inf- maybe that's what it is. There's too many sources of information. And it's like diluting everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know. Uh, so Kinda was people who who would have benefited or needed needed to have read the playbook. Um, yeah, and I did, and I, I actually I always tell this to people people don't know, but like. I like I really wasn't a very good like reader. Like I I I I didn't start getting into reading until I was in my thirties. So like when I got that book, I was it was like fucking. I was like, oh my god, what is this motherfucker trying to say? Like my mind just doesn't. I don't know. I had to really teach myself to focus on things. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, I I found that book. Just I was cleaning out some stuff. I have like boxes and boxes of messenger stuff, and it was in there. And I was like, whoa, dude, look at this, <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, um, it was a trip. Uh, but, yeah, we had a lot of Europeans show up to the NAC. We actually, I think we almost had more Europeans show up to the NAC than the, than Americans, dude. That's crazy. I know. I was like, what the fuck? Like, people were coming from Germany and Hungary. You know, you know what it is, in my opinion? Uh, well... Just in general, I feel like these events, these courier events, uh, they're 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 three pronged. They're you know it's a race, you know it's a party, chance to hang out, social event, and then uh, a travel destination. Yeah, and for different people, those three things, you know, they're they're not always equal. Some some people are hot for the race. Some people yeah. just want to party. You know, but I do think that there might be might have been some appeal to internationals, an opportunity to go to Texas. You know, when you hear about America, <laughs> you, know, you hear about fucking Texas, you hear about New York, you hear about Los Angeles, maybe D.C., some of these big cities. Yeah. But like, you know, Texas is sort of synonymous with USA, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I could see 
I could see why maybe Europeans would be keen for for an opportunity to go to go to Houston. Dude, uh, yeah. I mean, I just got back from Europe. I was in Europe in August. I went and uh, did a little bike tour with Tim. And um, dude, every time, I mean, we never told anybody we were from America. We just said, "Hey, where are you from?" Like, we're from Texas. And like, oh. and French right. people don't like America. <laughs> <laughs> don't like Americans, dude. We got denied a couple of places they didn't want to let us stay. Like our service, I, don't I think service is just different out there in Europe compared to here in the states. Everyone's over. Americans are assholes. We are, dude. No. I, I was thinking, like, Damn. we are. Let's just. We, I like. I've been waiting. We've been waiting for twenty minutes, and the waiter still hasn't come yet. Yeah, that's why you gotta fucking rock a Canadian flag when you're traveling <laughs> in Europe, bro. I'm serious. But yeah, dude, uh, I mean, we were there and like, you know, we were, we went to Italy and we hung out in Italy and, you know, we were riding and yeah, we would just tell people, you know, it Italians took to us a little bit more, but they're like, Texas, they're like, yeah, it's Texas, you know, but I remember that's what I kind of went off on on our, our proposal for the worlds. Like I was just trying to make Texas be like this big ass thing, you know what I mean? It is. No, and there's an appeal there. I'm so, you know. It's too bad I, I never made it to Houston. Dude, no. <laughs> hey, we had a blast, dude. I mean, actually, this year, actually, I got to throw a flyer out. I've been bullshitting. I was supposed to do it this weekend. Um, this December, I think like December 13th, I think it was 13th through the 15th, was the, the year of the knack here. And uh, that was 20, 20 years ago, dude. Uh, next week will be 20 years since Houston threw the knack. And I'm going to do like a party here at the house, at my house. I'm just going to invite. I did it when I first moved in this house. I just did a bike messenger party, winter solstice reunion. And dude, I was just blown away by the amount of people that showed up. You know, that scene in like 15 years, 20 years, everyone just showed up. And we just had like a fabulous time. But like, I'm hoping to do that. I'm a, my friend's going to bring a giant blow up screen. And we have, we have a video uh, actually, there's several videos of events that I've thrown here in Houston that, you know, I'm my good buddy, my landlord, too, like he, you know, he he loves video editing and all that stuff. He made these badass videos, dude. So That's we're, cool. we're going to show him. I'm going to get a keg, but, you know, I'll be like, BYOB, too, bitches. <laughs> Don't come empty handed. But, you know, um, last time I did some here, I mean, there was probably like 50 or 60 people and like they were just all old bike messengers. You know, they were either grandparents or, you know, they have kids now, you know, they have different careers, different paths in their lives, but we were all like bike messengers at one time, you know, just no, that's something special. That's yeah. something special, uh, to, to, to ride on that thought. Uh, you know, I just recently threw, uh, that's right. That's my next day. My 50th birthday. Yeah, and happy happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy. So set that up, dude. What went down? Well, just just one of the things that uh, grabbed me was this cross-generational presence or whatever, like you were saying, how a lot of people came out of the woodwork for that, uh, like old school guys. And, like, it was cool. You know, I feel like I'm already from a generation that's that's you know, a past generation, you know, my heyday was in the, the mid late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, I don't know how long a, a, a courier generation is, but 
uh, point being that there was like, you know, a lot of my friends from my generation came out. There were folks from before me that, that came out. And then there were the kids that are out now. So it was to me beautiful to see yeah. like these these guys that I look you know looked up to. So I'm there listening to their stories and here are these kids that are half my age listening to grandpa talk. Yeah. yeah. Really, you know, like like multiple generations came together and that that was, you know, really cool to see. It. You know, thirty years—that's three generations, three decades of, of people. Uh, actually, they're, they're I mean, things have changed. I, I'm imagining Houston's the same, uh, but DC has changed in so many ways yeah, over the has. last thirty years. Not just like the the job itself has changed, but like the city has changed, the streets have changed. Like our downtown is totally different than it was when I started. When I started, there were like there were like peep shows and like prostitutes and it was nasty. There was no one living downtown. There were no fancy condos, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was scary after dark. Uh, now, you know, everything's a, a million dollar condo with stainless steel appliances and shit. And uh, downtown's full of TGIF and, and, and whatever. But the, you know, it's just a different world. And it so is. it was cool to be reminded of how things were, you know, even before my time and, and during my time and, you know, talking about like using pay phones and, and, yeah. and two-way radios and stuff like that. Uh, wow. I remember the first time, you know, like I was saying, when I started, I was just given a, a two-way, uh, like just a, a beeper. Paper, yeah. P- paper. Codes, and, you know, we did a lot of phone calls from the client's office. Yeah. You know, I would know where to go, and uh, and I'd call from, from there. You know, that was kind of a, a wink and a nod. Not every office had, like, a, a, a common phone. So or they didn't want bike messengers in there. Yeah, you? they didn't yeah. know as they were, like, always trying to let you use the phone. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sorry, this phone's for clients only. <laughs> Right, so that you know, that was a game. You're your client. Uh, You're my client. I'm trying to. I'm working for you right now. No, yeah, that's that was a, that was a, a thing. Um, here's a, a funny. I don't know if you ever did this, but back in the day when uh, when you had to use uh, pay phones, you had to call dispatch, and you were on the street, you know, and to avoid having to use money to call. Um, we would do this thing where if you, you know, there was a thing you, you could call collect. Uh, and then they would ask you, you know, uh, the recorder, you know, put what to get your name, you know, what's your name. And in that like five second or three second, uh, recording, you would be like, you know, this is 58. I'm 10, eight here holding three mobile there. Boom. And so you would tell the dispatcher what you're doing real quick and just hang up. And uh, so, he, you know, keep them posted like that. And then, you know, you'd get a yeah. text, uh, a 10-4 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I always thought that was hilarious. Yeah, um, that sounds – I never did that one. But, I, I, you know, it does sound like, you know. Because at a certain point, it's like I got to pay money to, to access my, you know, job. I'm going to pay 25 cents to get this $2 job. Uh, so – but uh, those were the things that. Yeah, and that's uh, when 
payphones were a quarter. I mean, I remember towards the end of payphones, like they went up to like 50 cents, I remember. Or oh, maybe really? a little bit more. Yeah, I, dude, I mean, there's still a couple payphones here in Houston. Like if you drive around, you'll see like just one standing there, you know, like, oh my God, oh, a payphone there. Yeah, we've worked them into alley cats because they're kind of like a, a, a rarity. But they uh, there are a couple that, that are, are still standing. Maybe yeah. I don't know what they cost, but uh, yeah, I haven't had to use them. I think they're like 50 cents, dude. They're, they're not Maybe. in the quarter. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. As soon as, uh, as soon as I got a cell phone, uh, I lost the ability to retain a seven-digit phone number. Oh, me, dude, I bought my first cell phone in 1999 and i still have the same number 713-628-KID i still have the same hilarious i've had it for hell what is that 30 22 years now dude 23 years i've had this cell phone number that's yeah after that like dude i used to carry a phone book a little bitty piece of like paper that had everybody's name and phone number in there dude i would carry it in me like in my wallet you know and it, a lot of times I got to remember the number. It was just in case I had to call somebody. I had a little paper Dude, phone book. The we'll kids today, will, they'll never they'll never know. But yeah, I was digging through my shit and had little phone books and, and uh, diaries or whatever. <sighs> travel and I'd have a bunch of phone numbers written in there. You know, yeah. cause anyhow. Hey, um, look, look, check this out. Hold on, hold on. I have it right here. I found it and I was like... I put it with all my, I'm a sunglass whore, so <laughs> I collect a lot of sunglasses. Here it is, dog. The phone book with yeah. phone numbers in it, dude. Is, that, is your shit in alphabetical order? or you No, just I, did, I just threw people's numbers in here, dude. Just, I mean, this is what I carry, dude. Like, this is, I mean, this is probably about 15, 20 pages, all written really small, numbers crossed out. That's how a player would roll back in the <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that's how you had to. He's like, oh, hold on, let me stop at the payphone. Let me stop at the payphone and put a quarter. call. Yeah, call somebody. That's fucking yeah. hilarious. That's, that's a loss. You know, that's a lost time, dude. Kids, they, they don't know. And I don't, I don't even, I, I'll tell you now, like, I don't even know my mom or my dad. I don't even know my kid's cell phone. It's just in my phone. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, once it's in there, I, I don't know my girlfriend's number. It's it's just in there. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I, you know, when I lose my phone, it's, uh, I'm lost. So, I don't know. I remember um, I got arrested, dude, and I couldn't call anybody. Yeah, you got your phone call, but like, I don't know what his number is. I, I didn't know anyone. So, <laughs> the only reason why I got out of jail was because <laughs> I qualified for a personal bond because I couldn't call nobody, dude. They're like, well, you're a member of society. You have a job, you know, you work. Uh, you qualify for a personal bond. You can bond yourself out. And I was like, fucking hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but if I, you know, if I had like, you know, if I didn't have a job or anything, they would have kept my ass in there, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's crazy because you didn't have you, you didn't have anyone you could call. I I couldn't call my kids. I didn't have their number. Nothing, dude. Actually, you know what? I just moved out of my house. I got divorced from my ex-wife, and the only number I had was her phone number. Didn't want to call her. <laughs> no, I was calling her. I called her like fucking what? times, dude. I was like, oh, it's man. a fucking phone, dude. She didn't answer the phone the whole time. So I, I got lucky. I got a personal bond, so I was able to get out. <laughs> cool, cool. 
But yeah, man, dude, you like, I mean, I'll just gonna say my, how do you say, um, my perception of you as a bike messenger, dude. Like, I'm just gonna say, you get around like fucking Tupac, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you are like a big game changer in the bike messenger community. I mean, just from, dude, I still, oh, man, that's my sickest jersey. Actually, I have a studio downstairs with mics and all that. And I have that jersey, that sticker. I see that sticker right there behind you with the uh, red, white, and blue uh, bike messenger. I see it right there. But I still have that jersey, dude. And I remember you you were slanging them hoes at Seattle. We were in Seattle for the Cycle Messenger World Championship 2003. And you, you just bust out. You had the short sleeve, long sleeve. And it was kind of chilly in Seattle, I remember. I was like, <laughs> oh. I like, give me that long sleeve. It's too damn cool to be rocking a short sleeve one. But that's, dude, every time I wear that jersey, like, you know, to some other event or there's some other, you know, new kind of age bike message. They're always like, damn, that Jersey's sick, dude. <laughs> they're like, thick uh, ass uh, Jersey. Thank you. Respect. Thank you. So I, I had to buy one for me when I saw it. I, I was just like, take my money. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there were probably only like between the short and long seat combined, probably like only 10 made. I didn't really make very many. Are you serious? Yeah. And I have one of them? Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought you made at least, like, I don't know, maybe 50 of them. No, hell no. Damn, then I own one, then. Hell yeah. I've had people, like, when I used to go to Dallas or Austin and meet with those messengers, I would wear it, and they wanted to buy it from me, dude. And they're like, I got to have that jersey. I was like, well, you're not. Well, I rebooted that shit, man. Send them to my website. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did, dude. And he's like, I can't go. Didn't you make a like a bib for it too? Yeah, the full yeah. kit. Yeah, tight. But yeah, also remember, dude. Like you know, my how you say my perception, dude. Like you fucking knew everybody, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, like we would oh. go places, and dude, you like you knew everybody. You tripped me out one time, dog, when we were in Hungary, and you start speaking Hungarian and it blew my mind. It's like, damn, how the hell is this motherfucker know Hungarian that good? Yeah, that was cool, man. I, I feel like me. the, that, that's a cool connection for me. You know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, my parents are Hungarian. Um, and so I grew up speaking Hungarian, but I never lived in Hungary. My grandmother lived in Budapest and I would go back all the time when I was a kid for like months at a time for summers. Um, and so my Hungarian was always pretty strong. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was just, a, uh, um, as far as Budapest and Hungary, you know, I'd been there, but it was always through the lens of like, uh, a kid and, through my grandmother's house and stuff like that. But uh, after I met or, you know, discovered that there were couriers in Budapest, I, I was like at the 97 championships in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was like mind blowing. And uh, so I met these guys and they started company. And, you know, from then on, visiting you know grandma's house was a, a whole different 
different trip. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I had a bike. I was able to connect with those guys. Uh, and, you know, they're lifelong friends, some of those guys. Yeah. And uh, so when they were throwing the championships, for me, it really kind of like came around. Because at that point, I'd been a courier for a while. Uh, and to connect it, like I really, I guess I, I felt my roots, you know, like, I don't know, a connection to the city in a way, you know. Dude, I love. I'm proud to be Hungarian. And it was, uh, you know, I think a couple people uh, like yourself who maybe didn't know that I was Hungarian. Were, yeah, I didn't. Kind of tripped up by that. Yeah. But it was that cool. Was, I was, you know, really. What was know, that? That was 2002 uh, or one? Uh, one? 2001? 2000. Uh, it was one. One. Yeah, because after, I had to. That's why I went to Budapest because I had to redo the proposal for the worlds. Because yeah, it was back Boston to and then yeah. Budapest. Yeah. So Philly, Philly, yeah, Boston slash Philly, and I've never been to Boston, dude. I've always wanted to go to Boston. You know, like I, I don't know, it's just one of those cities I want to go to, just just to go hang out. You know. A cool town. Yeah, that's what I hear, you know, from people, you know, it's like, El- Opie, does Opie still live there? Do you know? Uh, I think he's in Atlanta now. Oh, he's back in Atlanta. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, but like, you know, the Yeti, he's from Houston. And the Ed- Yeti's like my bro, dude. Like, we, I, Yeti I, has one of those short sleeves. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, he did. He got, uh, oh, man, dude. The Yeti's my road dog, dude. Like, he fucking, and he lives in New York. He's another one, dude. He's like a international. You guys are like international bike messenger superstars, dude. Like I, when I was in in New York for the the NAC in 2016, it's like, you know what blows my mind about the Yeti, dude? Hmm. I don't understand how the fuck he remembers everybody's name, dude. Does he? Dude, he knows everybody. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice that. But that is uh, a real challenge. To for real, you fucking meet these people, and you have perhaps like you know a life experience with them, and then you don't see them for two years, and then you're supposed to remember that person's name. You know, it's uh, takes. It blows my bit. mind, dude. I, I don't. I don't have it. I'm so bad with names. I feel so bad, but. Uh, I am too. Like, I mean, I try to make a conscious effort to be like, man, let me, oh, okay. Uh, and the only, like, the only person I really remember from Hungary was that kid, Duck. You remember Duck? Duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's still, uh, he's still um, traveling the world. He's, a, like, got his own rickshaw thing going. No shit. Yeah, I've seen him in, in Barcelona. He's been back and forth in Budapest. Uh, he travels abroad with that thing. But, oh, uh, awesome, dude. Yeah, he came to Houston for the knack. And, dude, he he came by himself. <laughs> like, but, dude, he was fucking dude. wrecking shop while he was here, dude. Do you know the story of how Duck went to America? Uh, you might have to refresh my memory. I, I, I recall. Well, basically, basically uh, he, I guess he got a visa. uh to travel to Canada, but he couldn't get into the States and motherfuckers swam across <laughs> uh, the, the border and uh, he snuck into uh, and then he hitchhiked to New York or whatever. And he ended up living in New York for 
a whole long time with Mike D mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this dude Hodari. And yeah, I know Ho, I know Mike. Yeah. And and Duck temporarily lost his mind. They had to like send him back to Hungary to to find it again. It was no way, dude. dude. He was like, but he was just such an intense dude. Solo, fucking. He's just like, I'm gonna go to New York. I'm just gonna swim across the the Niagara River or whatever. Oh and, my uh, god! And then hitchhike. I was like, I can do that. And then he, he I think he hitchhiked. He got to Hawaii. He hit, dude. The guy's so crafty. That's an adventure, right there. You know, I think I think he probably falls into the 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 genius category too. He's uh he's on another level. Yeah, yeah. He was uh he was wrecking shop when he was here, dude. I mean, like wrecking shop, having a good time with everybody and. Dude, the Hungarians can party. Oh, dude! Actually, that 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 world championship in two thousand. That was in two thousand one. That was a badass championship. Everything was, oh, that was great. Fucking they also, cheap, dude. Yeah. Everything I, uh, was so the, cheap the, there. The, the course, uh, you know, for me, like I said, there was a connection, you know, to the city, but the venues they had, the parties they had. Yeah, dude. Actually, uh, like, I'd probably have to see some of your pictures because I, I barely remember the race course. After that year, like 2000, 2001, 2002, I started going to events after that and, like, I was like, I I didn't come here to not qualify. Like that was my thing, qualify, just qualify. Before I was just drunk on the fucking course. I remember uh, going to ECMC in Dublin, fucking drunk out of my mind trying to race. I broke my collarbone, like <laughs> fucking gnarly, dude. Those dude, like I said, the the three elements. Sometimes you go harder in one. And oh yeah. So after that, I started like because I remember I went to Seattle and I was like, I'm. I was in the best shape. I quit drinking and like, man, I was just fucking working out hard and riding hard and I qualified and made the championships. I was like, fuck yeah. And then I, dude, I think I, you know, you always get robbed somewhere or another in a messenger event. There's never like, <laughs> something always happens, but like, I, I placed 14th overall. I'll never forget that. It was like the closest, I, but I swear to God, I probably placed top, maybe top eight, but I got robbed. I know I got robbed because the guy that was in the finals with me, dude, he he didn't do shit. And he got, like, top ten. I was like, there's no way, dude. There's no way this guy. Oh, man. Anyway, oh. those, those are one of those things you want to, like, officiate and be like, no, I did way more. Dude, I was on a mission to at least get top ten. But wow. I placed 14th. But that well, was – When? It, it was, was the Seattle Worlds. That, Seattle that World. course was – Fucking so gnarly, dude. Well, actually, now that you mention it, I mean, yes, the course was, gnarly. The it was It was cool. It had hills. Uh, you know, I remember it was like, uh, I mean, it was a pretty tight circuit. Uh, but I remember it had that steep climb in it and the steep descent. But to to your point, where you were kind of surprised by the result, I mean, it's a it's a known fact that there was. Uh, a misunderstanding during the finals there and some people were told that they could do the manifest concurrently while other people were told that they had to do them consecutively and that didn't sort itself out yeah dude that it was something way like into that. the race and it really skewed the results but you know it's one of those things you can't once it's what do you do so they, they did yeah, it. dude. I mean, uh, I know. That probably explained some of it, you know, like, uh, 
but look, I don't think you can take the take it too seriously. Um, it was all fun, but yeah. I was just like, damn. Like I tried to qualify when I was in New York in 2016, and of course they had it broken down to heats. I remember like heat one, A, B, C, D, and it just so happens the heat that I was in had there was like I don't know 20 of us in that heat because they were setting them off every hour or so or two hours. Uh-huh. I was in the heat. It was with, just stacked. With the fucking top three <laughs> fastest times of the whole qualifying. And like, I was like, fuck, if I would have been in another heat, dude, I barely missed qualifying just because the top three fastest times were fucking on the same heat that I was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Actually, fuck. New York was my best result at it. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I remember. Did you qualify the finals? Did you make the finals? I won my heat. Oh, well, uh, there you go, dude. I, was, I, was, I, was, I led the, the race for about 15 seconds <laughs> at the very start of the, of the finals. Because the people who won their heat were on the first row. Uh-huh. So I got to my bike the quickest and out and around the first like two turns the quickest before we got to any delivering and shit. But uh, I don't remember exactly. I think I was 17th or 18th. And I remember Bruce, uh, old DC legend, he was uh, two spots ahead of me. But that was the the highest. I know it was top 20. Uh, but I feel good about that result because it was such a competitive race. Uh, there was there was over 700 people I think attended that one so there was a lot of, of yeah uh, dude it was it was people, good uh, I, I think Austin did a real good job you know that even the parties there some of the parties were they were a bit lavish I thought I was like yeah he must have paid some coin for this shit dude <laughs> those parties uh, yeah you know but uh they're all great but uh yeah just remember doing well in, in the race but uh I don't know. I think there's so many X factors. I'm really impressed by people that can consistently do well. You know, like Opie, Opie, dude, I, he was dominating the to What's that kid from Chicago? Be fast and and have a great result. But uh, there's so many X factors, like you said. Your your manifest is counted wrong. You don't get the stamp at the thing. Uh, the checkpoint person doesn't know what they're doing they give you the wrong package uh you know whatever uh that could go wrong and you know there are some people that are just able to navigate that chaos you know and that's i think something to be said about the type of racing that a cmwc or a knack or whatever what kind of race that is because it's really its own unique thing and in my you know if you look at it from a standpoint of trying to simulate uh, messenger work, you know, you, you eliminate the cars, but a lot of the other elements are, are there. And this sort of chaos also exists in the job, you know? And uh, I think that there's, there is a skill to navigating the chaos of, of those events, you know, you know where the pitfalls are, and uh you know some folks like like Vega was like that but like austin horse i feel like they look at a manifest and it's like looking at the matrix and they're just like and they just connect the, the dots oh dude and, and they you know obviously you have to be fast as well but yeah. uh 
you know, I think there's a, it's a, it's a game, it's a puzzle. And uh, some people have a mind for that puzzle. Well, I, I try to get Austin on here. We just, our timing, we just wasn't right. But he also too, I, I feel like Austin's not very an ostentatious person. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he doesn't like to talk about himself really. Like his thing is he puts results. That's it. Like he'll do the fucking results. Like he don't care to be in the line night or anything. He wants to just get his results. You know, I was surprised to learn that he never really rode like training rides or did like UCI racing or anything like that. That guy was just a natural fucking talent. And, uh, he was win championships and he fucking crushed them. Dude. And here's the thing. He, I said, dude, what am I going to talk about? I have nothing to talk about. I was like, Austin, you pulled a fucking trifecta in one year, dude. Trifecta. You won the worlds. You won the ECMC and you won the knack in one year. Nobody's not, ever done that. That's not a coincidence, you know? Like, you can't just be fast. You know, there's, there's always some manifest that gets stamped in the wrong, wrong place or, or gets put in the wrong pile or whatever. But that's – you could say the same about uh, Tour de France racing. You know, there's so many things that could go wrong that's outside of your control. A flat tire at the wrong time. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're done. Yeah. Uh, so – there is that, uh, you know, I feel yeah, like. I, I think, you know, he just, he just is like gifted to like, he was fast. You know, he's from Houston, right? I think, I think I knew that. Yeah. He actually grew up here, dude. Uh, he actually worked at a, a bike shop, uh, a real kind of famous lo- lo- a kind of bike shop here in Houston, West End. He worked there for years and he did do, he was a big mountain biker. Uh, back when he started like he rode mountain bikes so um and he was a kid too dude he started when he was like 15 16 racing mountain bikes but i don't think he got into like road racing anything like that like it was just mainly mountain bikes but then (laughs) he became a messenger and then just destroyed it dude yeah uh respect to Austin horse yeah actually he comes into town maybe once or twice a year because his mom lives down the street from where i live and he always calls me up and we we hook up oh cool have a beer or so go get breakfast or something so but yeah man insane i mean these i just find it like uh i'm i'm amazed like sometimes when i when when i hear like you guys you know tell these stories about you know this events in 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 our lives that man they're they're i don't they're so they can be touching at times and like it's just another breed you know what i'm saying we're like another breed of human beings or you know well i mean i don't bike messenger anymore but like but tim's always saying you're a bike messenger you're a bike i was like dude i've retired from the bike in 08 and I've been training ever since, but like, I just, Tim's always referring to me. He's like, you're still a bike messenger. And I was like, I mean, but I'm not, but <laughs> it's, it's in you. It's, it it goes beyond uh, just the, the job, you know, uh, for sure. I can relate to that. Um, hey, so actually just tell me real quick, like what's tell, man, I, I would have loved to come out there. I mean, I've been to DC once, uh, for the knack, actually, uh, do you know Spencer? Uh, of course, you know Spencer and Jill, and yeah, I mean, oh. I think Spencer's 
I think he's in Richmond. I haven't seen him uh, in a long time. And Jill got a little family going. I think she's up in Boston. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember I went to D.C. I, I, my plane landed like at 11 o'clock at night. And I rode to like uh, like one of the when, – when was the knack in D.C., dude? That was like 07, 06? 03. When? 2003. Oh, was it? Oh, it was because I, I stayed with Spencer and Jill and they did this uh, anti-NAC. Remember? I didn't know. Like I, I walked into the house and they're all printing. And Lauren, do you remember Lauren? Yeah. Like they were all like, yeah, we're the anti-NAC. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Where did I get in? This den of snakes. No, no. Like, so like, was that, was that, did that really manifest itself in any way? They had an event, I remember. It went on like... Like an alley cat or yeah, something. Yeah, they had an anti-alley cat knack, you know. And uh, I, I, I've known Jill because Jill used to work here in Houston. She was a Houston bike messenger. Okay. No, not Jill. Lauren, Lauren. Lauren was a Houston bike messenger. And they yeah. were all roommates, Spence, Jill, and Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to the spot where the messengers were getting in. It was some bar. And I just walked in. I was like, I don't know where I'm staying. And Spence is like you could stay with me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Cause I, I'd, I'd met Spence from traveling all over Europe too. Like going to yeah, all these other races. You've been to some events. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, I walked in this fucking front door and I saw Jill and I had maybe seen her before in the past, but then like I walked around the corner in the kitchen where they're printing shirts and Lauren's in there. I was like, what the fuck dude? You know, like, cause she worked in, you know, like I said, in Houston for several years but it was just kind of cool how ironic that was. I ended up staying with Lauren, you know, and then I saw Spence and dude, DC, wait, that was back in 03. I remember, dude, I I rode, I had this pink Bianchi and I rode that bike. I was in some bad air with a cowboy hat on, riding through fucking DC. Dude, fools were hollering at me. It was like, I don't know, maybe 1130 or something. <laughs> Like get over here, white boy! Like, dude, there with the cowboy hat, and the peak bike. You know, it, it might have also been triggering the uh, the Dallas cowboy nerve. You know, there's yeah, definitely probably so yeah. No, uh, hey, Houston Cowboys uh, rivalry going on. Dog, people here in Houston, they despise the Cowboys too, dude. Like, right? Well, I can see that too because you know you're you're competing for for FaceTime with the. With those motherfuckers, but uh, I think it's just hilarious because there's also a lot of it goes both ways. There are a lot of people here that are Cowboys fans just because they want to hate on the skins. So what you know, it, it's a it's a rivalry. Hey, dude, what happened to the Nationals, dog? Like, dude, they won the World Series, and then what happened to them, dude? And then faded off. You know, awesome. Honestly, I don't really follow baseball too much, but I remember when we won the the, the thing, like uh, how the city. Uh, blew up or whatever yeah because we did a couple exchanges online <laughs> over the, the game but yeah they they whooped the astros in that in that series well you, you can't win them all but i guess you know you gotta give us one yeah yeah true it was good uh, i was very uh disappointed in that series but you know the astros won the world series just recently <laughs> too i know i know i, I know that you're Big baseball fan. I, I follow hockey, really. It's the only professional sport. I guess a little bit of cycling. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
baseball, whatever. It's cool. I, I can get into it uh, come October or whatever when it gets uh, more dramatic. But, uh, you know, you do you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a trip, man. Um, but, man, dude, I feel like you're like a, a, a treasure box, though, dude. Like, I, I bet... Like, what can I tell you? Ask me a question. I mean, like, dude, do you even like, um, since you're, you're a photographer, do you even categorize your stuff, dude? Or is it like, my shit is just, I got this giant tub. It's like this big and it's just, it's got thousands of photos in it, dude. And all, I I had to take them to Walgreens or Eckers or something and get them fucking printed, you know? Well, you know, uh, I definitely have a shit ton of negatives and prints uh, and boxes full of uh, stuff from before I went digital. Um, and that's a pretty chaotic and it's a, a lot. But uh, luckily, you know, even after I graduated uh, from, from college, I still was had connections and i was able to get stuff printed so i have a lot of stuff from then printed but there's definitely a gap and then definitely one of these days you know maybe once i retire or whatever i need to tackle uh all that and 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 did you need to do like organize that in a way that i you know i can uh have you ever done i'm sure you have but done like a photo op show like at a, an event at a bar or something and then just throw all your photos up you ever done that a little bit a little bit i mean i'm sure you have um I, when i did that that one time i couldn't believe the amount of people messengers who actually we like i said we covered the whole bar up and like it, I, it brought tears to my eyes you know what i mean wow. like I, I got really emotional because i was like damn i can't believe here's like you know 10 years of just the winter solstice, but then here was like an, at least 20 years worth of photos, you know, from everybody's perspective who showed up. And, uh, right. yeah. Oh, photography is cool that way in a, in a docu documentary capacity, you know, like, uh, it's a time capsule. Yeah. And, um, squirrel actually every now and then I'll, I, you know, I'll still hang out with him. We'll go bike riding and shit. And, you know, I go to his house and all his shit is categorized and he's got photo albums and it's, you know, where, what the year, where we're at and all that shit, dude. I'm like, I think, I feel like I've gotten better, but you have to be meticulous, you know, as a photographer, I was, uh, you know, photography is an interesting art in the sense that it's got different, uh, elements to it. Uh, there's the actual taking the picture part, Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the the processing part, the darkroom part, uh, or now it's like the 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 Photoshop part, and then yeah. you know cataloging and, and and collecting your work is also uh, an element of it. But it takes a different kind of person, really, left brain, right brain. You know, like uh-huh. the darkroom is a whole different exercise. You know, I could get into it, but to be honest, I was much more just into the the act of shooting. You know, like yeah. uh, the the loose, the the you know the exercise of 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 capturing uh, moments or images. Um, so I wasn't so good at uh, you know 
I wasn't very meticulous in the darkroom and I wasn't uh, very good at keeping my shit organized. So. Uh, hey, what is that? I always forget his name, dude. You know him on a personal level, I'm sure. The Asian dude who always has the big bun on his head. Talk. Pac? T-A-K. Talk. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've met him, you know. Where is he? Is he Japanese, like from Japan, and he lives in? Yeah, he he goes back and forth, and he works. He does a lot of work for Japanese magazines and shit. You know, no being shit. in New York. Yeah, and I've I've run into him, and he's dude. He's always taking pictures. Every time I see him, like he's oh, always yeah. taking pictures too, dude. And, Look, uh, I think I think it's cool. In fact, a little bit, um, it bumps me out. Like, uh, just not being on the road. That was the bulk of what I would take pictures of uh like being a messenger is so photogenic like that life style not just the races but just the the lifestyle of it uh so uh photogenic is the best word but so yeah since i haven't really been riding and i spend my days in the office uh i'm not uh shooting nearly as much anymore damn but i'm sure you got some Real, real. Hey, dude, someone else that you probably, I don't know if you talked to him, uh, Luke Brokenheart, dude. Mm-hmm. You stay in touch with him? Uh, not really, although we recently did connect. Uh, you know, I'd put the word out trying to trying to find him a couple times. Uh, you know, he's been off the radar, but yeah. I, what I remember is, uh, so just uh, a couple months ago, but he's, uh, I think, pulling some shifts at... Uh, at uh, Velo uh, Velo Blitz again. Yeah, no shit. And, uh, he promised to to buy me a beer at the Penalty Bar in, in Zurich uh, uh-huh. next year. When uh, uh, I guess in two years, when the Worlds goes to Zurich. What? I didn't even hear about that, dude. They placed a bid. Uh, it was or- like a two-year in advance yeah. type thing. So yeah, they've been bidding for it and, and talking about it and you know they officially uh got the bid in in new york so it's uh yokohama next year and zurich the year after oh dude back to yokohama dude actually i tried so hard to go to japan during i just wanted to go there so bad squirrel ended up going there out there uh he didn't go for anything but um yeah, I just, I just I wanted to go there just for the culture shot, dude. You know what I mean? Like, so, dude, if you ever have an opportunity, uh, so uh, Yokohama next year. Damn. So they had it at Kyoto, Tokyo, right? Like the world. The, they they've had Kyoto they had the world in two thousand and nine in Tokyo. Okay, yeah, I couldn't. They, make it they do a an event called Kyoto Loco. Yeah, been doing that for I don't know. For years, years, decades now. uh, Yeah, I went to Kyoto Loco in 03. Mm -hmm. And and then the world's in Tokyo uh, in 2009. And I'm super stoked to go back next year. And then I think I read, too, that uh, Mexico was doing the NAC next year. Mexico City, is that correct? Yeah, Mexico got the NAC. I need to go. I've been wanting to go to Mexico City for a long time. Like, I mean, I'm close by. I went to Monterrey and I spent a week there uh, just skateboarding. It was so much fun. I didn't know Monterrey. One of the, probably the closest uh, U.S. cities. 
Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, I, I want to. That's that's gonna be cool. That's uh, it's cool, you know. From a, it's close, but it's and it's cheap, but it's you know, it's cool to see a different culture. Yeah, uh, I know they'll put on a big event. They have, you know, they, they had the World Fair win like ten years ago or something. I think it was twenty twelve. Oh, 14? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to make it to that either. But I heard they threw an exceptional event though. Yeah, it was cool. And they had, you know, I remember that this park. Loops, the loop things. It was uh, interesting, interesting course that they they had sectioned off. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, no, nah, I'm not even going to guess. But uh, it was a good. You know, Mexico was definitely fun. I, I don't remember how I did in the race, but uh, I remember we had this uh, Airbnb. It was like four ground level apartments in this courtyard there was a bunch of couriers all in these apartments and uh behind the gate and you know every night someone would like forget their key after wake up neighbors <laughs> or whatever it was pretty awesome we were we were big pimping in, in mexico hey i recall this because i think squirrel contacted but um luke had moved to mexico and he was out there like farming is that right like he did it. Yeah, I, I don't know the, the exactly, but I, I remember in Guatemala, he, you know, discussed his uh, his ambition to. He had ideas about like finding ways to to make clean water. You know, a way to de 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 you know clean the like dirty water or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, he went on walkabout uh, in Mexico. Yeah, I don't know when that was. I can't even remember. I think Squirrel told me. Like, yeah. I think that was in like, you know, 2011 or 10 oh, you know, after the Worlds. Does he Guatemala. still have that? I remember his email because, dude, that was about the time where, you know, you got a whole – I remember going to Europe, dude, and we lost people. Like, we'd, we'd go a whole bunch, you know, and none of us had self – I mean, I didn't take my cell phone to Europe back when I was going, but I left my cell phone at home. But, I mean, the only way we got a hold of each other was we had to go to a cafe, an internet cafe, and, like, hit someone. like, hey, we're at this place. We'll see you there in a couple of days or blah, blah, blah. Like, before the cell phone was super mobile, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I just remember, like, he gave me his email because we were traveling in Europe. And he goes, yeah, I'm lootbrokenheart at gmail.com. I don't know why I remember that. But I've never you tried. I remember. haven't used it. I need to go send. I need to send him an email and to see if he. Yeah, sent I don't it. remember if that's where it came from. I, why would you change it? I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. But I remember I'd written him a couple of times and didn't hear back. And uh, so, I, to be honest, I don't really know uh, too much except that he promised me a beer next year. Or, you know, I talked to. Do you remember? Um, I still uh, now and then Roger. And I think he just got recently married, maybe last year. But Randall, you remember Randall? Randall, uh, he party animal. I forget what his what his uh, his nickname was. You know, speaking of not being able to remember his people's names, those Polaroids I take are perfect for that. And I used to run them as my like screensaver. Yeah, because uh, it's got you know they're they're, they're aliens and then they write their name on it so it's like what's the there's some method of, of memorizing shit but anyway it was just to see the names flash and whatever and to look through them 
you know, it's uh, like my own little cheat sheet for going to a, a, a champion. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> you have a bag full of photos. I'm just like, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, Roger from Zurich. Yeah, right. So Randall, actually, he was calling me through Facebook uh, video during uh, the height of the pandemic in 2020. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting out of Zurich. He goes, I got to get out of here. It's like people going crazy. He goes, I rented a, a like a place in Zurich. And he was fucking wasted already, dude. And he's, oh, he called me. He's like, I'm about to jump on the train. I'm going to the woods for a couple months. I was like, God damn. And then he, he called me from a bar. And there were some old bike messengers there at the bar. He was like taking the, the camera and like going around. And I remembered some of them, but I didn't remember their names. <laughs> but that was in 2020. And man, he was a hoot, dude. We were on the phone for like an hour, you know, just like, like what's up, dude? I don't know. And he's like, what the, the, you know, how he had that real high accent, dude. But yeah, it was good. I haven't to seen him in a while. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, man, seriously, it's probably been since budapest was the last time i saw him dude but like we still communicated you know through you know facebook or, or but he actually called me and i was like facetime me and i was like oh my god look at this dude <laughs> still, awesome. still getting faded dude <laughs> i mean hey, uh, staying young i feel like this lifestyle keeps you young yeah and he was younger than me i remember yeah. Uh, he was at least three or four years younger than I was. All those guys kind of were. Randall. Because uh, I, well, I stayed in Zurich, man, for like a week. We were only going to stay there for like three days, and we ended up staying there a whole week. We stayed with Luke. Nice. They, yeah. showed, they showed us. Dude, that was like – that was one of the best times, like, being there. Everything about Europe, but, like, they just welcomed us, and they gave us a place to stay. They fed us. I mean, we drank our asses off, but – it was good times, dude. Like, uh, real good times. I, I, you know, that's what. That's one of the you know, mentioned how these uh, championships are these three tiered uh, events. But uh, I'd have to say, for me, the the most uh, the the thing that attracts me the most, honestly, is like. The, the the travel and the, the people you know uh to see a city on 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 a level you know of like-minded people and the connections you make and like you're saying like uh the hospitality that uh i've i've been fortunate enough to receive is is mind-blowing and just only because you're a bike courier you know from far away uh I don't know where else you, you could experience something like that. You know, maybe it's almost like some some utopian hippie shit or whatever, but uh, couriers are definitely not, you know, hippies. But uh, I feel like there is a real solidarity amongst couriers that's, that's strong, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why that is. You know, I've thought about that, but, uh, you know, maybe it's because we're all, you know, unified in, in slogging through the shit, you know? And, uh, and I think that's why couriers hate on, 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 on posers or fake injures or whatever, 
coffee curds who <laughs> come out uh, and get to enjoy the the fun part of being a courier you know the partying and the fancy fixed gear bike and you know that shit but you don't have to fucking go to work Monday at 8.30 when it's raining and it's fucking cold you know you got whatever your 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 coding gut job or you know whatever it is yeah but just, uh i think uh people couriers can be resentful of of uh true dude and, and houston, houston went through a phase like in the mid 2000s where there were all these guys like just showing up on you know big gear bikes with messenger bags and you know squirrel and now all the actual bike nuts just like you know, what is up with this? The, the lifestyle is great, you know, especially if you don't have to, you know, actually deliver packages for a living, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't blame people for liking the lifestyle, you know? I like you know, whenever I put a, I was, whenever I put an episode out, I put it like on the critical mass page, Houston, critical mass, Dallas, Austin, like, you know, I'm just trying to tell a story from the Met. And the, there's just these people who really like enjoy listening to these conversations because it's, you know, it's like a breed of their own, you know, like, and they're, you know, you start talking championships and photos and people, international people, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like a, a nurse, you know, I'm sure you're going to have those nurse stories of dealing with, you know, I'm just saying, but this is, it's just another culture lifestyle type of you think it's very interesting i remember dude i, I doubt nurses uh, <laughs> get together and party like we do and you're right like you're absolutely right the podcast about but i'm sure there are you know i don't know i don't know who else does it like we do no one no one really but uh you know maybe maybe like like bar bar people like you know they might uh or, or music people in the music industry. Yeah. surfers i surfers. bet surfers be like skaters too. up and travel and skaters and shit skaters for sure i've known uh some friends that are houston skaters that were like amateur to semi-pro and like they would travel to california or somewhere else just show up in some yeah. some city and like yeah. at the spot and like you'd find some some like, other skater yeah 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 there was a documentary about bike messengers. It's pretty old. It's got to be maybe late 90s. I'm sure you've seen it, but it was like, you know, was, the guy was saying exactly how we're talking. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you could be a bike messenger and go to some other city. I'm, I'm sure you've seen this. I don't know who the messenger was, but he goes, and you could just, like, stay with someone. They'll hook you up, and, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all come together, and y'all just friends. He goes, you couldn't be a waitress and, like, go to some other city and be a, you know, be, hey, I'm a waitress in Houston. Oh, come stay with me, you know, let's drink some beer. Oh. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, but with bike messengers, you can – I've I've never had a problem staying anywhere. Like I'll, I'd even be like I get my own room, you know, too. And then I was like, I got my own room. Come stay with me, you know. what I'm saying if you want to kick me down some beer or whatever. It's been at least many times where where I can I can think where I'll I've shown up somewhere. I and mean, usually, especially as I got older, I make uh, uh, prior arrangements. But there's definitely been. A number of times where I show up somewhere cold, someone takes me in and and literally like gives me their bed. Yeah. They got 
go to their girlfriend's house or or yeah. sleep on the couch or whatever like kind of mind-blowing amounts of hospitality yeah um, just really for being a, a, a bike messenger uh you know i can definitely concur with you on that it's amazing for sure it's like, amazing. And, uh, yeah like i remember the unfortunate I, I stayed do you remember the honorable james tate <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like Bert and those guys, like the Glasgow kids. God, I had so much fun with them, dude. Them and then the Dublin kids, like Neil. Actually, I tried to get Neil on here too, dude. And something happened. His account got hacked and we, you know, I couldn't get him on here. But, uh, I need to reach out to him again because, uh, his account got hacked and he hacked Squirrel's account. But it was like some old thing because Squirrel's account got shut down and, you know all this other shit but i'll need to stop clicking on those porn links i know (laughs) get rich rich now links or whatever dang well hey dude i mean we're at like an hour and 40 minutes right now Uh, i mean we can go on actually uh my homeboy just hit me up he's on his way over here we're gonna go to the rockets game tonight so (laughs) sounds good go check go check them out and uh you know, you know, I'm a big Rockets head, but you know, they ain't doing too hot, but they're still fun to watch. <laughs> so, totally, no, the Caps are sucking uh, right now as well. But uh, to be honest, like you said, if you're a fan of the sport, it's just yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, I love- game that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm I've never been a Texan fan just because of the fact I'm pissed off the Oilers left. You know, the Oilers were the shit back in the day, <laughs> dude. But they left and. You know, they brought the, the Texans ever play the Cowboys? Yeah, they play. They have standoffs from time to time. Sometimes within the schedule, sometimes not. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a rivalry, dude. Like I, I can't believe like the amount of Cowboy fans and everywhere. You said they're there in DC too. That's oh, crazy. Totally. totally. I think it's just like like I said, like the anti Redskins factions jumps on the Cowboy bandwagon. But hey, uh, what are they called now? They're not called the Redskins anymore. Uh, Commanders. Commanders, dude. Yeah, I was blown away when I saw that. Awesome. We live in different times, dude. You know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I, I mean, I'll never go. about the whole, like, uh, should they change the name or not? I'm not sure. You know, I guess we'll just get used to Commanders. I don't know if that. I'm not used to it. Kind of a boring, weird name. I'm not really feeling it. Like, I think it's cool that they changed it. I don't know. There's so much like debate about like what's offensive, like and what's oh, to, yeah. and to what degree and what's what. You know, sometimes it's best to stay out of things if it doesn't directly affect you. So I'll just go with the flow on that one. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that too, dude. Like, there's just um, yeah, there's we definitely like, should people be tripping on way too hard that. Uh, it's like I'm another generation and I, you know, I'm just not woke enough to, to get it. So I'll just step aside, I guess. Yeah. I always, I always say this to people too, that like people our age and they're like, Oh, these kids fucking these kids, this and that. And I'm like, you know what? We sound like our grandparents are great or, you know, totally, totally. because 
just think about this. When our parents were growing up in the 60s, you know, there was this whole movement of love and peace. And their parents were like, these fucking hippies. You know? <laughs> like, and yeah. then, like us, we're like a little older and we're like, man, these gym. And, and I have kids. I have a 25-year-old and a 18-year-old. Uh, so they're all about that new generation stuff, dude. The new gym. Totally. Just like, get it way more than I did. And as a father, you know, I got to be like fuck, I guess I kind of have to accept the times have changed, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you know how I feel about it, though, still. You hey, know? you know, I mean, yeah, what was the a thing of, uh, uh, what did it say? It was like, my generation grew up with with mosh pits and your generation <laughs> has safe spaces or something like that. Yeah, and it's it's like that, dude. Like it's like that, but you know, I, I feel like it's a pendulum back and forth. Yeah. So listen, uh, if you got like that's cool. Thanks for 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 having me on. Uh, yeah, dude. How I've, much of this do you edit? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. All right. Well, I hope people enjoyed the ramble. Okay. Hey, actually, uh, I always tell people. Uh, or I always people I interview, I say, Hey man, uh, how can people find you? They're trying to reach out to you. I mean, how can they get you through what, when, where email, if you want to get there, sure. or not, you know, I'm, I'm uh, at Zalandy, Z A L A N D Y on Instagram and, uh, Andy Check out my photos Buy a cool bike messenger Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can find me there. And any last shout outs to anybody, dude, you know, just peace to all the bike couriers around the world. I love, I love bike couriers. I love bike courier life. Yeah. I'm, I'm dedicated. I'm in it for, you know, I'm going to ride this crazy train to the last station. The wheels fall off. But, um, well, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart, dude. Uh, this is great. And I only, I got, dude, we only covered like 10%, not even, dude. Like, I, I just feel you have endless, and I always tell people too, like, you know, if you, you want to come back, you know, think about some stuff you want to, you know, throw out or scenes or scenarios from 20, 30 years ago. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm open ears, you know what I'm saying? Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how, we'll see how this one, uh, you know trends and uh you know if it's worthy of a sequel yes dude it always is man it's like you say you're gonna ride the train to stashi <laughs> just keep telling stories i'm not done that's right and I, i'm i'm still on the train you know it's funny here's the last thought you know a lot of people come up to me and be like yo remember when when we were couriers like back in the day you know and it was so cool and we were fucking couriers and courier courier and uh and i'm like yeah i, I remember that that was you know way back then and you know what I, i'm still making memory i don't want to talk about 10 years ago every time i see you because yeah. i'm still here now yeah. Yeah. doing this shit you know like you know i'm not making deliveries every day but i'm fortunate enough to be just professionally attached to this community you know I, i'm hurting couriers every day i go to these events you know it's i still enjoy it um yeah and uh you know well awesome dude uh like again thank you so much uh i'll i'll, see, I'll shoot you a copy of this and then we'll go from there all right dope. all right see you around, buddy peace later